Hey. Hey. Well, <laughs> well, let's just let's just start over. <laughs> this is my guest, Tasha, and she's uh, known as TT. And we're going to be talking about her recovery. Her interview um, starts now with regard to her process and how she's grown and what she's gone through. And we'll just walk through this whole process. No big deal. So, TT, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, wonderful. Good. It's rainy you, outside, but it's still good. <laughs> I think it rains all the time where you live. <laughs> yes. Well, it really hasn't here lately. Huh. It's changed. Yeah. So we actually just started getting rain two weeks ago. Get out of yeah. here. Yeah. It's been dry. We've been having dryness going on crazy around here. But yeah. Weather, weather all over is going insane. It's just bizarre. I, yeah. So we tell us, tell us whatever you want us to know about who you are. And then uh, first question out the gate, um, you know, what kind of, what, what do you want to tell us about your trauma? And, you know, we can walk from there. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm Tasha. <laughs> no, it's TT. Um, I am a mother of three amazing, wonderful boys, but um, trauma started as a child yeah. for me and um, sexually. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been a very, very long journey, <laughs> very mm -hmm. long journey. Um, but it's it's been life changing, everything. Um, but I was sexually abused by my father, my, mm -hmm. the protector, the one that was supposed to run the household, have that firm foundation, the one that his daughters were supposed to look up to and guide and everything. And um, yeah. he took everything from us. Yeah. So I had that in me um, as a child growing up. It was instilled in me that he took everything from me. I hated him just he wasn't the man I hated men I hated the whole atmosphere what they thought of us just as women um I hated that my mom was even married to him um just everything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um so it started very young um and I was 18 years old. The day I turned um, 18, I left the house mm -hmm. and I never looked back. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I think that's when the real pain began, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And um, I, while I was going through the pain, it seemed like it was the worst. But when you get out there in the real world and you start taking on your own responsibilities and your own pain, you start to realize that that's the worst part of it because you never had anyone to tell you how to deal with it. You've so never been. Go ahead. No. So let me, let me, let me ask you something. And I, I, I'll just jump in and out. So I apologize. <laughs> what, 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 I have lots of, lots of questions, but. What was it like? I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but what was it like to go into the world at 18 
And I'll use my words, not have the tools that you need or needed to go into the world. What was that like? Oh, it was rough. I, that was the roughest part because I was relying on others to mm. do what my father should have done. And, mm. and it wasn't necessarily just others. It was men. <laughs> so I was looking for that comfort from men that, yeah, that I should have had from my father, the affirmations, the, what you can be and just everything. And then also sexual wise, <laughs> like, um, yeah, but I never, I was coming out into the real world. I was scared most definitely because, um, I felt I was raped already. And now mm -hmm. I feel like I'm raped as a woman who knew nothing in life and now all I know is that men just want one thing you know in my mind and so therefore I was giving people what they wanted um because what did I need for myself I had nothing everything was taken from me so what could I want um so I gave everyone what they wanted I never was happy for myself I so that satisfactory i guess <laughs> i was so searching that, for that that makes a lot of sense to me tt and i gotta say that that's a powerful testimony i want to take a moment thank you so much to to uh just to delve into that piece because i think it's so important uh for other women to hear your story your struggle your your process on you know your recovery piece but the idea about you, quote unquote, having everything taken, right? And yes. you use the words from us. You can explore that if you want to, but more, moreover, from you, have you identified exactly what was taken? If you could make a little list, you know, like say if I break in, to somebody's house right mm -hmm. and I I, I I take I take stuff you know and mm -hmm. I leave and then the owner comes in and it's like oh my god I got robbed you know <laughs> and then the, yeah the first thing the cops are gonna say is what did they take so <laughs> you got robbed what was taken from you my purity, number one. I have to say wow. that is the number one thing, my purity. Um, yeah. Just the thought of feeling like I have been protected. Um, yeah, it's more of, because as a child, you're so innocent. You don't know, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like, like I try to teach my kids nowadays, like I want them to experience things. I want them to know what things are like and have those feelings. But in me, I didn't have that um, because it was taken from me, because my innocence was taken, because my, mm -hmm. you know, my vulnerability, I felt like I had to fight for it because it was being taken away from me. Just, mm -hmm. um, 
my sanity. <laughs> mm. um, Tell me more about yeah. the sanity piece. Oh, um, it was more of nights I would cry. I would hold myself down under a pillow, hoping he wouldn't come into the room, mm. trying to keep myself in a place of where I would hide it from people. Um, I would have to hide that from people because I lived in fear of um, them finding out and making fun of me or saying it was my fault or I wasn't real with my words or, you know, just the fear of people not believing me um, or I'd be, you know, over exaggerating. I felt all the time. So my sanity for me was my emotions were crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had like, I didn't know how to control them. Um, I didn't know what to do. Um, so yeah, I had anger issues for a while, a very long while. Um, mm. so yeah, it's. What did that anger look like for you? The anger of darkness, uh, I felt like my heart was black um, okay. for a very long time. Um, anger was rebellious for me. Um, oh. Yeah, it, it was very rebellious. It was very just dark. Um, I never thought good about myself. I always thought everything was my fault. I was sorry for every action I ever made. Um, yeah. That's that that I want to interject and say um, that piece that blaming yourself. I'm going to say self-loathing. Yes. Uh, feeling as though you're you're less than. Feeling as though you don't have a real place in this world. Yes. You know, maybe wanting to die, maybe wanted to kill up some people. <laughs> Whatever it was, yes. you know what I'm saying? Maybe all of it. Okay. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> yes. Right. You know, and then the 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 act that you had to perform. Right? Because there's always mm -hmm. a performance, right? Always, yes. You're on stage, it's a performance. You can't really be you because if you really show people who you are, you're putting yourself in that same position again, right? Mm -hmm. is what happened with yes. your dad you were vulnerable then and and then so you can't be vulnerable anymore so you protect yourself with the anger right with mm -hmm. the black heart uh, nobody's gonna mess with me any, anymore you know what i mean that mm -hmm. kind of nobody's gonna take from me anymore unless i want to control that piece you know what i mean of yes. myself but the problem is there's still this gigantic cast, you know? And it's yeah. that goes back to that list. <laughs> what was taken? And I don't know if you ever took an inventory or maybe it, it's something that might come up later for you or maybe you never thought about, it, but you know that you were robbed. Yes. And that's important. And I don't know what you think about you recovering the stuff that was taken from you. What was that? What's that like? 
oh, the recovery part of it. Oh my God. It's so overwhelming. <laughs> mm. In what way? It, uh, and glorious. Um, mm. It's just, it's overwhelming at times. I'll catch myself just laughing and mm. <laughs> smiling at myself. Oh man, it's peace. It's okay. Peace. <laughs> Juxtapose, yeah. let's compare and contrast the peace you have now, because I hear it in your voice. And of course, I've known you for a long time, but I've, I hear it in your voice. The peace you have right now. Contrast that to when you was 18. What are the differences between you now and you back then? If I can go back to, if I can look back at my 18 year old self, the one thing I would do was hug me and not let go. <laughs> I don't oh. think there's words that I can say to myself at the age of 18, oh, but hugs. I'm going to think draw. that's. Good. I'm drawing, I'm making notes because I've got questions. But <laughs> yes. I, I'm putting a, I'm putting a heart with a big old arrow through it on my little notepad because I want to ask you about that. Yes. You know, this is a this is a deep question, but you can go as deep or shallow as you want. Ready? Let's do it. Yes. When we're robbed in that particular way, and in particular, childhood sexual trauma everybody is the worst type of trauma you can experience. Um, and it, it, is, it is horrible because of a lot of factors, right? Um, and, and we won't go into any of that stuff, but it suffice to say that what's sacrificed, and I'll just put it on the list, as one of the things that are taken from us as children, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Through this type of abuse, our heart, our heart gets taken away. It gets yes. broken. It gets shattered in a billion pieces. That's why you were saying your heart was black, you know? And then, and so your heart gets stuck. You don't know how to love yourself because what you were shown was highly inappropriate and improper. And it didn't feel good. And so, that, that can't be love, right? And so then you, you go to the, well, what about this other thing? <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> for, for some people, it's drugs. For some people, it's more sex. For some people, ah, you know, it's gambling. For some people, they become shopaholics. You know, it's a thousand things. You know what I'm saying? Some people turn, in, turn into workaholics, you know? Um. I'm not going to ask you what your thing was, but I will ask, what is it like getting your heart back today? Uh, it, once again, peace. It's, uh, man, it's just in a place of knowing that who I was then, I feel like I, I know that those traumas, those trials, those everything took place to be who I am today. To yeah. be oh. in a place of where God has me 
to just share, to mm. just love. I think the love to love. Yeah. <laughs> to love. I've always loved, but the love that I feel now makes my heart whole. It uh that that feeling is beyond amazing. Mm. To make my heart whole. You know, that touches my heart to hear you say that. And that's an incredible image, right? To make yes. my heart whole. I could see in my mind, I believe in using imagination, right? And in, in, in especially in healing, right? And so I see a big glass heart <laughs> with this with this wonderful fluid being pumped into it filling the whole heart you know it's like an incredible imagery i'm looking at you know and that's got to be almost impossible to describe really oh it is i try to every once in a while and i'm like i don't think i can ever describe it <laughs> yeah yeah because it's beyond a feeling you know what i'm saying like it so many of us want to put feelings in it but it's like what if it's not a feeling? I know it's not mm. a feeling. Mm. It's, it's, it's a place that, that we have, God has allowed us to be in a place of comfort. That's awesome. Yeah. So. All right. Let's just change up a little bit because you, you're talking about God and, you know, that's one of my favorite subjects. So. Yes. Tell me about your relationship with the Lord and how has that allowed you to recover? That's been a long recovery within itself. Mm. Um, when I was a child, obviously, I had um, friends that would ask us to come to church here and there. Of course, my parents were not um, big believers, didn't go to church mm -hmm. or anything. So we, we didn't grow up in church. Um, but we had friends take us in here and there. Um, but I heard of this God, you know, I've, I've heard of this Jesus. I heard of the Bible and people read scriptures to me and said, God's great. You know, he's going to heal all and do all of this stuff. And he's done it. And he's, you know, his love is overwhelming and as a child you're like why am I going through this you know I would be mm -hmm. at nighttime crying like God if you were real take this mm -hmm. pain away and it yeah. never went away it only yeah. kept on coming so um my faith was non-existent yeah. and um so as I got older I did my own thing you know I started going into places and whew, life got messy um, and when I was about 25, 26 years old, um, I was flipping through the TV one day and Joyce Myers popped on. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. And you know, she's, I think she's from Texas too. So that, that makes me go ahead. Love it. Joyce Myers. Yes. What happened? And, and it was just like, um, I was just like, I heard this woman's voice and it was a voice that was like, okay, I got to listen. I don't know what she's got going to offer or whatever, but her voice was just like, it was there. It was like popping to me. So, and I just remind you, I had just gotten done drinking. I had just been partying all night long. I had a one night stand. Oh, like, 
it was just a whole bunch of craziness. My kids were living in Ohio at the time. I didn't have them with me. Um, I was living in the frat house. It, it was just a whole bunch of craziness. And um, mm. I was in my dorm room, just sitting there, just listening to the TV and she popped on and I was like, okay, let's listen. And the very first thing she started talking about was her childhood trauma. She was sexually abused by her father. Mm. And so it drew me in. Right. <laughs> and uh, she was so joyous. I don't know if anyone's ever seen or heard of her testimony, but um, after I was done, I was crying. I was bawling my eyes out. I was on the floor, on my knees. And I was like, wow. God, if you can bring this woman through it and she's out here preaching about us, and what can you do for this child? There <laughs> you, you know? go. Um, so from there on, I just, it was a long journey. It was yeah. a long journey. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm 35 years old. So that was what, 10 years now? Yeah, it was about 10 years 10 ago. 10 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And, um, so it all started from there. Wow. <laughs> when I fell on my knees and I said, God, I, if you're real, help me out. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that God's orchestrated all of your steps your whole life. And I don't mean to make you cry, not in front of the <laughs> whole world, but, you know, <laughs> through all of our experiences, he's really always there. And especially when we're most vulnerable. But see, God has a way to take, and I know you know this, to take these really horrible experiences and make something beautiful out of it. And yes. I think it's in that, that transformation process. I think it makes us stronger. I think that Absolutely. it makes us better, you know, in a lot of ways, um, you know, in various ways, more gifted even, and a lot of different types of ways. Um, I believe in miracles. You know, yes. And, you know, I see you as just as miracle woman, you know what I mean? Uh, that, that God's brought through the fire, say. But what does the fire do? It's a refining fire, right? And it, it, it just burns away all the yuck. <laughs> it's all that yuck that you went through. Yes. <laughs> yes. That refining fire just makes it that was it like you come out as pure gold, you know, gold is incorruptible, <laughs> you know, and so the process, and I guess I'm saying that if we trust God, right, through all of it, and I love your story about you just falling to your knees after you heard Joyce Myers, you know, testimony, which is why I'm glad you agreed to do this today, because somebody might hear yours and and have that same effect right um these things help us i believe that god's always reaching out for us you know and and he's making plans for us you know what i mean i think he's saying to us baby don't give up yes. don't give up don't give up you know and he's sending his angels dispatching them with you uh, to you, for you, to strengthen you, to make you strong. Now, what's your, what have been your process now? Because I know you've had a busy year. I know you've had a busy time. Um, 
what's your process now? Do you do self-care? How do you take care of yourself? You know, what are you doing spiritually to, to, to have that relationship with the Lord that you like? Would you like to ex- talk about any of that stuff? Yes. If at all? So, yes. So what I'm doing now, whew, I do work a lot, <laughs> <laughs> um, but mostly prayer. Um, we, we so many times, so this is my thing. Um, sometimes we don't want to hear our voices. We get so sick of ourselves. We don't want to look at ourselves. We Mm. put ourselves down so much. Um, Mm -hmm. we can, we condemn ourselves in areas so much. And, um, within this past year, I've had to learn to look at myself in the mirror and know that God loves this face. He created this face. Yes. And so I pray to him and I thank him for what he has given me and to know that my days are always here, <laughs> mm. what he gives me, no matter what it is um, that I go through on my day and um, to know that he's there. Just to know that his presence is always there. And the reason I am alive today is because of him. That's amazing. So, yeah, my my boys. (laughs) My boys is my number one reason. Well, my number two reason of why I keep going. Yes. Um, Yeah. So. Yes. Self-care is just knowing (laughs) and praying. Knowing him, loving him, yes, loving him. I I, I want to digress for a half a second because you said something to me that was stunning. I want to highlight it because I call it running the stop sign when I do therapy with my clients when they say something so profound and then they just keep running and I'm like, hold on, hold on, you can't just run that stop sign and keep going. We got the backup. Yes. This piece about your voice. I wonder if you could elaborate more about that, not wanting to hear your own voice. Could you say more so, about that? Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, when I first came into my faith, um, I was because we're so disgusted with ourselves constantly, like because of what we had went through and how we feel the world sees us as. So therefore we are, you know, I, I felt disgusted with myself all the time. I put myself down, either I was too fat or I wasn't this, or my hair wasn't pretty enough. And so, you know, I even went to cosmetology school because I was like, well, maybe if I do that, I can get more beauty, you know? Mm. And, um, but the one thing I hated was my voice. Most of all, I hated to hear myself talk. Mm. And the first time I ever had, someone had asked me to pray for them. And so I stood there and I started to talk, pray. And I'm like, but I hate my voice. Mm. I hate it. Like just to hear it, to know that I'm talking to myself, but I'm talking to God. But yeah, I I couldn't do it. It was hard Mm. for me. It was hard for me. So then it was a challenge. It became a challenge for myself. Yeah. And yeah, so... 
I think that there's lots of duplicity in life. Um, and I think I'm okay Bible student. And I know that looking through uh, biblical literature, there's lots of duality, right? Double meanings with scripture, right? There's always, always depth there, right? Dig just below the surface, right? Let the Holy Spirit guide you. And that's how you, you know, the word becomes alive, right? Because it has different meanings all the time. So with this voice, hmm, that piece about not, not, I wrote it down, you know, that you hated to hear myself talk. When we talk, let me just say it this way. God created us as an image, like we're like him, we're made in his image, right? And so when God spoke the universe into being and all material beings, all the angels and everything that was made, we know it was made through the word, through Jesus, and God spoke the whole cosmos and even the concept of time into, into being through one word. And that is, that is ruach. That's that Hebrew word for breath, right? Yeah. So when you say, I, this is amazing. When you say about not really hating, you know, hating who yourself talk, what's really happening is you can't talk without breath. I hate to hear myself talk. I hate that I'm breathing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, I hate myself. <laughs> right? And then, but there's other things. Like talking is therapeutic. Yeah. My mom, my mom was amazing. My mom, I love you, mom, but mom, mom was my 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 abuser okay and but mom mom did a lot of things that was 100% right and one of the things that i learned from her was this the power of speech and mom used to i i caught my mom you know and she would be out on the patio this is my mom's therapy on the patio she had these beautiful plants all along this l-shaped patio it was wonderful and we had these deep overhangs on the house. And so it's like shade under there. She would be hanging plants, plants of every kind, everywhere. And mama would be transplanting plants and talking. She would talk to her plants. I said, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm talking to my plants. And I thought, okay, mom's flipped out. Mom's really flipped the script. She's lost it. You know, <laughs> I was a kid. What did I know? <laughs> Until I went to grad school and I found out that talking to plants was legitimate. <laughs> that plants respond yeah. to you when you talk to them. <laughs> they, they have chemically determined this and figured this out. And I'm thinking, man, I was back in the 70s. My mom was ahead of her time. You know, we, we discount our voice. My mom, my mom was using her voice for healing, right? And 
there's this thing about what do they, what do they say? Hurt people hurt other people. That's true. Yes. When I was working with kids ages ago, I heard that and I'm like, hmm, that's true. And, you know, we tend to walk around wounded. Some people walk around, unfortunately, a whole life wounded. But we know we don't have to be wounded. And I love this piece about your voice that when we recover, I don't know what your experience is, but our voice, it changes in the quality, right? Oh my gosh. Huh. I like, I like myself. And then you might get to, I love myself. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then you might say, wow. I love to hear myself, you know, my voice is, you know, pleasant to the Lord. And we sing to the Lord and lift up your voice. So many scriptures talk about your voice and how we use it to praise God. I find it very interesting that that very act many years ago against you caused you to hate the very thing that God uses to edify human beings in ourselves. What do you think about that? Yeah. It's definitely very powerful. <laughs> yeah. And um, to know now, yeah, I talk to myself all the time now. You go, girl. <laughs> I do it all the time. My kids make fun of me because of it, but I'm like, look. <laughs> and I talk to my plants. I have plenty of plants out there. I do. I talk all the time. See, that's why, that's why you were smiling when I was talking about my mom. That's cute. I love it. <laughs> Yes, I do. I know my kids make fun of me because I do it. And I'm like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> well, well, while we're on the subject, what do you say to your plants? Oh, my gosh. I um, For them to grow, I'd be like, look, you guys are growing so beautiful. Like if they have flowers on them, I'll be telling them how pretty they are. And, mm. you know, like, do you guys need water today? So I'll fill their soil and, yeah, do all that stuff. <laughs> All right. Self-disclosure here. When I, when I do a lot of counseling, I, I talk to people and I tell them, I talk to them about tending your garden. Right. And I'm like, okay, your mental health is just like a garden. You know, you got to, you know, give the soil nutrients and you have to prep the soil. You can't just plant things in the ground because they won't grow. You have to nurture, make sure the soil's got the nutrition it needs and the water and moisture content it needs. And then you prepare this, the ground in other ways. And then the planting is one of the last things you do, right? And then God waters, you know, it gets increased. Yeah. I, 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 I think of that when it comes to the human mind, you know, and, and how we, we, we progress and how we yes. grow and how God grows us. Isn't that amazing? Because he did make us, right? I mean, he knows us oh, yeah. better than, he kind of knows how to fix us and stuff. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. If we would only trust him. What, tell me about the, <laughs> the trust piece. How did you get from, if God is real, why did he let this happen to happen to me to where you are right now? Oh, so that, that saying of, 
um, constantly on a Ferris wheel, I guess you can say, or going around and around. Sometimes we have to go through those rounds and arounds and arounds to finally understand bumping our head over and over and over again. (laughs) Yes. So sometimes, yeah, I went through one of those. I went through a cycle and um, yes. And I, well, I have um, my child's father um, straight out there. I was with him since I was 16. So right after I left, I left with him. Mm -hmm. Um, We had three children. Mm-hmm. Um, he became an addict and mm-hmm. a drug addict, and I chose to raise my three children. Mm-hmm. So I went out in life again, mm-hmm. you know, as I saying, starting all over again. Yes, um, Lord. <laughs> um, but I ended up getting married to somebody else mm-hmm. for my very first time, um, mm-hmm. only to get married to a alcoholic an abusive person mm. um he was abusive mentally physically emotionally everything mm. um yeah i that one was hard to get rid of mm. and, and that one i believe is the one where god was like i'm here tasha i'm here i'm hugging you i'm not letting go mm-hmm. <laughs> and um my dad was there for me on that one. My dad hmm. um, was there. He was there to help me get out of that situation. He was my biggest supporter through that. And oh, wow. um, so when I went through that, um, I finally got away and took my three kids and got back out on my own again. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, starting all over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But through each of those traumas, I was maturing. And I didn't realize it um, because when you're going through it, you don't realize how much you mature and you just feel like I'm, I'm getting stronger. I'm getting strong. I'm going through this. I got through it. I'm getting stronger. I got through it again. I'm getting stronger. Um, But God's when he never stops working, he never Mm. stops. Mm. It's like, no, when you feel like you're there, when you feel like you're at the top of the mountain, Mm-hmm. there's going to be something that brings you back down yeah. and and it it it's the growth it's the never failing never ending never giving up um, yeah. always trusting hope hope yeah <laughs> um so yeah and just knowing that um i have three children i i yeah. have to do something i can't keep showing them that this is the way of living yeah um when I went through it, when I went through a stage, um, it got to a point to where when I was on my knees, um, I said, God, please forgive me for all that I have done. But I thought I was like, Jesus was on the cross. He forgave us all. If mm-hmm. he can forgive me, why doesn't he, for, you know, why do I believe that he hasn't forgiven my father too? Yeah. And, um, mm. That was my biggest growth. When I went through my first marriage, I realized that, you know, my dad is just as much human as I am. Okay. And um, he has just as much flaws as I do. He has yeah. just as much sins as I do. Yeah. Every, everything about him 
is no different than who I am, who you are, <laughs> who all of us are. Yeah. Um, we all carry pain. We all carry so much burdens on us. And it's not even ours to carry. Mm. Mm. Um, so, yeah, my growth started when I allowed myself to forgive. Forgiveness yeah. was the number one. Um, yeah. When I finally forgiven my father. Mm. And so forgiveness was my <laughs> beginning, my beginning mm. trial. Mm. And um, but when we come into forgiveness, we forgive others that caused mm-hmm. us pain, right? We, mm-hmm. we go into that place of forgiving those who have done stuff to us and cause us pain and, you know, brings all of that chaos in our minds. Yes. Oh, God, yes. So that starts a level there. And um, so I was back out with my children again. And then I got married again. Yeah. <laughs> You, you sound <laughs> you sounded like me. Stop it. Oh God. <laughs> hey, we gotta make joy out of every situation. That's how <laughs> I feel. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes. And so this time I got married again. Um, but I was in much better spirits. I was in a place of God has me. God has mm-hmm. me. He has everything about me. He has my family. He has my husband. He has everything. Mm-hmm. And um and that's where I was at. And I was in belief, you know, and I still am. Um, but we're divorced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was a great father. A great father. He was the only father for my children, yeah. except for father, you know. And yeah. um, he's still a great man. Still a great man. But I had to go through some things for myself. Mm-hmm. And through that, I realized forgiving wasn't just about the other people. Mm-hmm. You have to forgive yourself. Yes, you have to girl. forgive yourself. And that was a part that I was not willing to do yet. Mm. And because I was too worried about who caused me pain mm. to where I didn't realize I caused myself pain mm. because we was in so much self-pity for many years. We was in so much doubt, so much hatred for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so downing ourselves, hating ourselves. Like I could have did better, you know. My hair could be a different color. Yeah. Um, so much things, so many things, so much that this world brings us or tells us how we should feel or act mm-hmm. or how we should grow. Um, mm-hmm. You got to forgive yourself. Yeah. You, you that, have to. It's yeah, it's it's growth. <laughs> was that tough? Was growth. that the hardest piece though? That's the hardest do? thing you could uh, that was the hardest. That was the mo- I I'm telling you that part right there. When you realize that you are truly forgiving yourself, I think that's when that's when love comes. That's when love will hit you to the place to where you're like, this is what love is. Mm. <laughs> like, this is what I realize that love is. Like, I've been out here thinking that it's another man or, you know, it's kids or it's, you know, this car that I've been wanting for many, for so long, my dream mm-hmm. car. No, 
love is beyond anything like that. Mm-hmm. Love is beyond anything. And um, yeah, it took me 10 years to realize it. Yeah. <laughs> Going through that roller coaster. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, and also it comes to a place too. Um, sometimes when we do go through these pains or these cycles and everything, it's like, we want people to know how they've hurt us. Mm. You know, it's like, we want them to know what they did wrong so they can understand how we feel. Mm -hmm. But what if it's not them needing to know how we feel? We need to understand why we feel the way we feel before anybody else should or could Mm -hmm. or can or anything else like that. Mm -hmm. And for so long, I wanted my dad to know how he hurt me. I wanted him to understand the pain that I went through. Mm -hmm. And when I I faced him when I was, what, 27, 28 years old, I finally faced him. What he said to me was mind-blowing. But he was like, you have no clue what I went through as a child. But in my mind, I'm sitting here like, if he was sexually abused too, then why would he do it to his own child? So I'm sitting over here in my mind, like, what did I do to deserve it? You know, so then I'm downing myself because now I'm thinking it's my fault that he was doing it to me because he wanted to cause pain to me. Why? You know? So we, we put in our minds and then that's where the self-doubt comes in and, you know, and then we have no understanding. So now we're over here going crazy in our minds, trying to figure all these things out. Mm -hmm. But what if they don't understand either, you know? And so now we're all just going crazy, trying to figure these things out. But what if there is no understanding on it no pain it hurt people hurt people like you said earlier yeah and so then it comes to us when are we going to stop the pain we have to be the holder of that pain to know when it needs to end and knowing that god is here he's already he's already stopped it for us we're in control of it because we are like no god we're going to continue on feeling the pain you know so so we're we're so comfortable and and yeah we are comfortable in feeling pain and it's like we got to let go of it (laughs) we got to let go of it to grow and um that's a place I had gotten to. It, it was to a place of that. And here recently, within the past month or so, I've been able to just understand that. Um, mm-hmm. Not completely, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. still have questions. Um, but I don't believe it's pl- to a place where I need to understand completely. Um, love. It's just love. Um, my father... I have grown to a place now to where I love my father. Yeah. I, I can honestly say that he is a great man. He yeah. taught me a lot um, more than what I ever thought that I, you know, he had taught me. Um, it, it's oh, God, God, God is working. Um, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And just through my family alone. Um, And that's the thing too, when you let go of your pain, when you let go of the hurt that you had caused yourself, um, the healing comes and the, 
the loving others come even stronger. And I think we try so much to want people to love us that we forget that we need to love too. And, um, and that's a place that we have, that we can bring ourselves to that I brought myself to for my family alone. And my, just as I went to go see them in Tennessee, cause I'm here in the state of Washington. Um, but I just recently went to go see them, um, because I felt a calling to, it wasn't mm-hmm. something that we had planned or anything. I was at church one day and it was like the Holy spirit just came on to me and said, Tasha, go to Tennessee, go see your family. Mm-hmm. And so I was led to that calling and I did. And, um, when I got there, you know, I got to spend some time with them and stuff like that. But at the very end, I was like, I, I went to church and I wanted the Holy spirit to come on to me because I don't want to do things in my way. Cause I lived life my whole entire life, my way. Yeah. And that's where we screw up in things. And, um, I wanted to let go of self. And yeah. so I was like, God lead me into this place of just love. And yeah. so, um, I did with my family and I, I let them know, you know, that I just love them, you know, and I didn't want to hold any kind of condemnation towards them. I did. I didn't even care to even bring up the pain. I didn't, I didn't want that to be a feeling. I just wanted them to know that love is here and that we are all loved. And my mom said she loved me for the very first time. (laughs) My mom my mom never says that she loves us. She's never hugged us anything our whole entire life. And um, just to show love yeah. is, is amazing. Yeah. And um, it is so, so many blessings come from it. You know, mm. it just, yeah. And my sister, my oldest sister, me and her have been disconnected for many, many years because mm. she had the same childhood trauma as I did, yeah. you know? So yeah. the hatred had been there for so long. It had been a tit for tat going, growing up and just, you know, it so much blame, so much of everything with me and her and, um, but oh, just you, letting go. You two blamed each other? No, I really blamed each other. We just blamed trauma on each other that would happen to like our kids or something like that. Like mm. we would just point fingers at each other. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Um, just a lot of back and forth stuff, sister stuff. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Stuff that was just dumbness, you know, stuff that really didn't even matter. But um, we, she, we was the same way. We never told each other that we loved each other. We never hugged each hmm. other or anything. Um, hmm. But the time came and God was like, you know, there. And um, I gave her a hug and she said she loved me and I loved her back. It was like families drawing together. And mm-hmm. I think that's a, what a lot of us have to understand now too, because we are getting into the times of where people are drawing apart from one another our hearts are being hardened and everything else like that and it's like love is what brings us together yes (laughs) that's that's your heart you know that's where your cup is being full and overflowing like you said earlier with the heart you know being filled that's our that's our overflow and if we continue to break that down or hold judgment or hold pain or blame one another or just all of that, it, it's like the blackness starts, it starts to cool mm. up, you know, and yeah, 
Mm. What does the scripture say? Yeah, love ye one another. We have to love each other. That's a command. Like you, you got to do that. You know, and, and we we tend to. I I have a working theory about all this stuff. <laughs> you want to yes. hear it? Yes. Let's hear okay. It. My theory is that when children are traumatized in the way that you and I've been talking about, right? Mm -hmm. What happens or what the enemy seeks to do, because there's a reason why that happens. And the reason I think is because the enemy wants to show God that he's in control, right? He's God. Satan isn't God, you know? Mm -hmm. And so God's like, oh, okay. Well, uh, let me see, see what you got. See, because God knows the end of the story, you know? And he knows every point from the beginning to the end. And so he's like, oh, okay. All right, let's see what happens. He already knows what's going to happen. And so, so Satan does like he does did with Job, tries, tries him, tries us. And what happens? God's will will be done. God can take evil and turn it into good any day of the week. And that evil thing that happened to you, look how God's maturing and turning you into something wonderful. You know, someone wonderful. And who knows what? you might be doing in another 10 years. You know what I mean? But I guarantee you, it's a bright, bright future. And I guarantee you that you'll never know. You might be, I'm going to prophesy over you now. <laughs> I love this. You're, you're amazing. Okay. <clears throat> Full disclosure, I have ordained this woman already. <laughs> but but, but uh, I will prophesy over you and say that you are a mighty woman of God and that you are just now starting to see a glimpse of what God's doing for you. I believe it's already planted, already done. The, the crop, the harvest is coming. Um, the stuff that you see that's, wow, this is blowing my mind. Just wait to see what's coming next because it's going to be even better. I'm going to step way out on a limb and say that I even see you being just like that woman that drew you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that's a mind blower, but yeah. see, God takes us. The people that the world discounts, he took King David. David wasn't born a king. He was the runt of the litter. But God took him and made him king. Say. And so God took Ruth and did all that wonderful stuff with Ruth. Same with Esther. Esther was Hebrew woman of very low stature. And what did the king say? Oh, I need a wife. <laughs> yep. I might be speaking some prophetic stuff over you. <laughs> I need a wife. And, and you know what? King went down and looked all the women in the land. 
came back and said, hmm, there she is. Picked her up. And she became queen, queen of everybody right there. And it's like, who would have thought? But God knows. And he is able to do that. He is able to orchestrate that kind of stuff in your life. I believe that that stuff's set aside for you. And, and that because of the work that God's allowed, led you to do, and then you trust God. And, and, and look what happened with your, with your trip to your people's house, your mom and dad's and your sisters. All of that was that gate, right? That process. You trusted God. I know you went through hell to get there because we talked about oh, yeah. it. <laughs> and, 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 and you see, even before, y'all, even before this taping, we went through a little bit of craziness because <laughs> there's some crazy stuff. I said, this never happens. This never happens. So, but see, to me now, using my spiritual, I'm going Pentecostal now, using my spiritual mind, I see that there's God doing things in your life. See, because the enemy's always trying to stop. But it's too late. Done. Yeah. All, you know, God's totally in control. And we know that he's got your, 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 your recovery. I'm going to start. I'm going to have to come up with a new word because recovery don't work anymore. <laughs> but your no. process of healing, your healing is all ordained. Now, let me finish with my silly, my, my, not my, my theory. Is that when, when the enemy tries to harm us in the ways that we've been talking about, that literally cuts our relationship to God because it causes a disruption. But God's not gone. It's just kind of like somebody clipping a phone line. You know what I mean? Yeah. God's still there. We just can't connect with him. <laughs> And, and so through all of these processes that you're talking about, that's like Mr. Telephone Man, right? Coming and splicing them wires back together, <laughs> maybe laying down fiber optic cable, something far better than what you had before, and saying, hey, this connection can't be severed anymore. And I think that's what happens. I think that's what happens with a lot of really mental illness, too, you know, is that yeah. that, 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 that connection is just that Whatever that happens, people get traumatized in so many ways, it just connects, disconnects the line. And then we have to work really hard to get those pieces to fit back. But once we get that dial tone, <laughs> they don't have dial tones anymore, y'all. I'm telling my age. But <laughs> when they get that dial tone, all of a sudden, you know, you know you're connected. And I think that's oh, yeah. where you are, if that, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> okay, good. Good. That's beautiful. Well, goodness gracious, we've been talking a minute. So now, what would you like to conclude with? If you had a message for, for anybody that's listening, anybody maybe have gone through the stuff you went through, something similar, who are going through it, what would you have to say to them? What words would you like to leave for them? Um. I think for me, um, I'd have to say, let fear go. 
-hmm. let fear go. I think because that's the number one thing that we hold on to is fear. A fear that someone will hate us, some fear that someone won't believe us or mm-hmm. they'll misunderstand our words or it doesn't matter. I think none of those things matter. Knowing what matters is that you are loved. You what you're going through is real. Um be open to it. You know, be don't ever I, I think another thing is too is um, expectations. We mm. always have expectations of what people um, should feel or go through or um, how mm. they should react to us or anything else like that. Um, mm-hmm. You gotta let you gotta let go of your expectations of things, um, mm-hmm. of situations, of people, just everything, and um, forgive yourself. Yeah. Um, that I think too, um, that is the number one thing for any, anyone, no matter your situation, no matter anything. Cause we hurt ourselves every single day, every yeah. day we go through situations and we hurt ourselves. And so, um, yeah, you're, yeah. To anyone you're loved most mm. definitely. And, um, keep fight but know that your battle's already fought Mm. don't give up don't ever give up don't ever think that you're not strong enough Mm -hmm. to get through what you're going through you you might backslide a little bit or go into a place that you're like the next day you're like what in the world was i thinking but to know that you're not less than Mm. um you're yeah it's like no don't ever feel less than Mm. know that you do have a voice know Mm. that you do have a voice and it is beautiful (laughs) it's amazing (laughs) there you go yes um but yeah just and knowing that we don't have to know what other people are feeling or going Mm. through just know that they are feeling pain too and just Mm -hmm. give them love through it um Mm. Ah, man and it, and it might even be the person that we can't stand to be around or even Mm-mm-mm. can't even care to hear their voice or anything oh else like that. oh my goodness <laughs> they probably feel the same way about you right right <laughs> um but yeah it, that and none of it matters it, right. and none of it matters let go of the fear let go of the hate let go of the pain and just let God come in and work in your life. Um, there's nothing you can ever do together his love. There's nothing you can ever do to just feel that you did something. Like I see a lot of people posting up. I know I'm crazy. I get on TikTok, but I see a lot of people videoing. Hey, I just gave this guy $500 and you know, I did a good deed. No, no hmm. guy. You're being prideful. God says, let, let pride go. Love is not prideful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love mm-hmm. is not boasting. Right. Love is not any of that. Love is knowing that God is here for you. When he calls you to do something, it's for you to do it. Not for yeah. everybody else to know that you did it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Give there yourself you go. a hug. Give yourself a hug. <laughs> I love it. Yes. That's perfect. Um, yes. And don't it ever feel so like good. you're a failure. Don't ever yeah. feel like you're a failure. 
Uh, yeah. That'll get you down in the dump so quick. I, I yeah. tend to find myself in that place sometimes. Like I feel as a mom, like when you find out news, like I did over the weekend, I have a 15 year old little boy. He thinks he's grown sometimes. Mm. So this weekend, the enemy tried to come in and be like, you failed as a mom. And I'm like, no, I did it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, he failed to listen. That's mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. But yeah, so don't ever feel like you're a failure. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I think that's... And you can get through it. You can get through it. You can. You're strong. <laughs> yes. Yes, you're strong. I, I love it. Well, I guess that's... I guess that's it for now. Um, I enjoyed talking to you. And, uh, you know, uh, I think that's really amazing, your story. And uh, I'm sure we can't wait to find out what's coming next for you. All right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. Okay. Okay.